Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earl. This is episode 100 in our cavalcade of hits, and our title is Split. Now, why would we say split? Well, that's just because it seems like every time something happens in the economic and political scene, we become more divided as a nation and as a culture and as a society, maybe even as a globe uh, going forward. Um, I had some thoughts in my opening monologue here about what has occurred in the past week or so. And as you know, despite the uh, one-sided clown show going on in the so-called January 6th hearings, and even though there's some legitimacy in in what they're revealing, uh, it still lacks true legitimacy because of the fact it's so one-sided and there's no countervailing or uh, opponent testimony being allowed. But aside from that, Probably the biggest news articles in in the last week and the week before all, all surrounded the decisions by the U.S. Supreme Court. And, you know, from anywhere from the requirement for constitutional carry and, and knocking down the highly restrictive gun laws in New York to the ruling uh, saying that Roe v. Wade was decided... Uh, unreasonably and unconstitutionally and going forward from there. So in sitting back and trying to take a look at what exactly was uh, what those decisions meant, uh, I came to the conclusion that really what they involve are amazing fundraisers for the two major parties. That's the bottom line. Every Supreme Court decision that they've come down with in, in in this session has basically resulting in a fundraising opportunity for both major parties. And the bottom line is, even though both parties are out there raising dollars off your back and trying to get you to help them finance the ongoing momentum or to finance the resistance and, and anti-movement, they don't give a crap about you as an individual. You as an individual do not matter to them. What matters to them is that you check the box and send your 25 bucks in. So just a little aside from me on that, as you probably know by now, I'm a third-party malcontent, so I may have uh, a, a more cynical view of what's going on than you do. Maybe you put more stock in the Supreme Court decisions. I don't. They, When you restore things to the constitutional balance the way they're supposed to be, that shouldn't be a dramatic move. That should be an expected, anticipated move going forward. And uh, so that's pretty much the way I feel about it. The title split revolves around, to a degree, the Supreme Court decisions. And other things going on in this country, it seems like every time we have anything of a major impact that has an effect on the nation as a whole, we split further apart into two major mindsets. And I realize that's an oversimplification because one of the problems I see in today's United States is our 
are breaking up into factions and groups. You know, one of the things that a preacher person I like pretty much is David Jeremiah, and he preached about the fact that when the original Constitution was anticipated, it was assumed we would be a Christian nation. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not advocating for a, a sacred nation right now. But I guess what I am saying is the founders anticipated that we would have a pluralistic society, that we would have a number of ethnicities, which is totally unpracticed before. Most countries prior to the formation of the United States were rather homogeneous. In other words, they had uh, similar ethnicities or all people within a group uh, within their nation's borders were the same ethnic and cultural background. There were minor exceptions along the way, like when the uh, when the barbarians, you know, attacked Rome and all that kind of stuff and integrated in with them. But for the most part, uh, except for empire-building countries like Rome and Great Britain and so forth, most nations were formed around a homogeneous group. The United States was founded with the understanding and anticipation that a cultural national point of view would probably not be enough to hold us together. So the the basic surrounding elements were a faith in God and a belief in liberty. But, But we've seen that that has been too fragile to hold this country together as it's been growing. We found that we have so many cultural, uh, singular cultural areas around the country that we seem to just be breaking up into little groups and little factions, each with our own points of view and desires, that we don't have a unifying principle anymore in this country. And so if you're one of those people who believes that the United States of America should and I'm telling you this on Independence Day weekend, that the United States should survive as a nation with an ideal and a dream that it once had, that until we get that unifying principle or a unifying principle restored, where everybody of our 330 million can grasp it and embrace it, or say most, vast, vast majority, can embrace it and endorse it, um, we don't have a fighting chance. Snowballs in Hades have better chances than we do. So I guess that's the bottom line for me right now is we've got to find that unifying principle or somebody's got to articulate it, and I'll try. I'll keep working on it. I hope to have a few more episodes before the good Lord takes me home, and maybe I can come up with one that we all can agree on. However, this podcast, even though it has a pretty good reach, doesn't have a big enough reach to maybe, you know, reach everybody with that principle. Where we're at right now is we appear to be operating under duality. In other words, red state, blue state, progressive, conservative, um, but that's not really true because within each group, within each member of each duality, you know, pro-life, pro-abortion, 
uh, are people with varying degrees of of acceptance of that principle or of that po- point of view. For example, let's take the abortion issue. Uh, it's not pro-abortion or or anti-abortion. There are levels and distinctions all the way from from at conception all the way to partial birth abortion or post-birth abortion. Um, and, and you'll find people, individuals, who are somewhere on that spectrum all the way up and down. I, I happen to be one of those, uh, since I an, was an adopted child some 75 years ago, I happen to be very pro-life because, as I mentioned last week, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness uh, everything hinges on life from its beginning. So, uh, but again, you find people all across the spectrum on that. And so the duality, while it's convenient for describing maybe the situation, it's not exactly a true point of view. And I would argue that's on every issue. Uh, it's a sliding scale up and down. First uh, article I'm going to start with today is from the Organic Consumer Association Saturday, uh, Organic Bites. Um, a good article by Vandana Shiva on corporate propaganda on SYN foods, S-Y-N foods. Uh, those are where you get weeds and you make them into a hamburger. It's, it's pretty much the effort right now to take us on to uh, plant-based foods, all constructed in a in a, uh, a laboratory environment and that type of thing. And uh, she uh, she has a good point of view on that, and I'd say a, a reasonable argument against them. I, I tried one of those meatless hamburgers. It was a waste of time and a waste of breath for me. Another article I want to uh, recommend to you, and it's off the beaten path for me typically, the kinds of things I do, but it's, it's by uh, Margaret Anna Alice through the looking glass. It's called The Anatomy of a Philanthropath, Dreams of Democide and Dictatorship. And look it up if you can. That's Margaret Anna Alice through the looking glass. And a philanthropath is one of those people who has a lot of money and spends it to change you. If you want some ideas of philanthropists, let's talk about George Soros and Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg and even to a degree, Elon Musk. And these are people with mega amounts of money who've decided they can use that money to propagandize you or change you or move your attitudes around uh, and that type of thing. And they're Although their end goal purposes may look pristine and glorious, their methodologies and the final results may not be that much. From the Legacy Research Group on Friday, and as you know, that's one of Jeff Brown's groups, why the U.S. will become a global energy superpower. So you might want to check that out. That's from the Legacy Research Group on Friday, a global energy superpower. Doesn't look that way right now, but maybe we got uh, maybe we've got some hope going forward in the future. We know those uh, oil reserves that we've had before uh, 
you know, haven't been severely diminished over the last couple of years. So maybe there's a way to go. Um, also, they talk about a soft landing in this economy is a myth. <laughs> and, and I would agree with that. I think we're going to come down with a total crunch. Uh, in fact, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest that our economy be more like a sled because the wheels will fall off. I, uh, I see all kinds of red flags and warnings out there, as I'm sure you do as well. As you know, one of my favorite uh, places to go to is the Brownstone Institute and their summary of articles uh, that they have for the week from Saturday. Uh, there are just a couple in there that are real. I'll pound a couple off of you here. The End of Political and Ideological Allegiances by uh, Pierre Corey. Good one to go to because, as we find out, we cannot trust uh, the, the leadership of whatever we're looking at. And so that's why we're getting – we've almost got a, a mental – I would say a, manic, a mental set of anarchism, okay? Uh, even though we may still cling to groups and stuff for guidance, as individuals, we are starting to distrust everybody which almost leads to some sense of anarchy. Uh, the one article that I found, there are many. Uh, I talk about medical you know, uncertainty and, and medical failings and so forth, but I, I would suggest you read this one by Jeffrey A. Tucker, The Astonishing Implications of Schedule F, and that may be our hope going forward if, if you're a fan of the United States of America and you want to keep us together, that's from the Saturday Brownstone Institute, uh, Article F. And I assure you, it, uh, I'm going to do a lot more research into that because I think it may be uh, the silver bullet that we need. Uh, political power putting pressure on the U.S. economy from Nomi Prins on Saturday inside Wall Street. Yes, indeed. Breitbart News Digest from Saturday starts off with a great background on Jesse James and the Younger Gang and how all those people affected the economy in the day. But what they're basically talking about is they're giving us a lead-up, a lead-up into where we are today where the U.S. bond market is performing weaker than it has at any time except 1875, I'll give you a clue there. And then Luke Lango's hypergrowth investing from Saturday suggests keep an eye on tech. I agree with him. It's dead meat right now. But as we come crawling out of this sewer, economic sewer that we're in, you're going to find more people using uh, AI and robotic help in their businesses and stuff to try to climb back into place. So tech may be the way to go. I'm sorry I've run long today. Um, I just think that, that given where we are, it probably was justified. I'm sorry to make you go another minute or so, but that's living liberty for today. The split, if we can avoid it. Uh, I'm Charlie Earl. Remember to stay free, live free, and be free.